Konnichiwa from Keswick Village. This is the Rorschach Japan update from the 18th of January, 2023. A quick summary of what's going down in Japan. On Tuesday, the 17th, Kobe City marked the 28th anniversary of the magnitude 7.3 earthquake that took around 6,000 lives, with its first ceremony in three years at pre-pandemic scale. Residents and victims' families observed a moment of silence at the same time the great Hanshin earthquake struck the port city of Hyogo Prefecture and neighboring areas on the 17th of January, 1995. Prime Minister Kishida held a news conference in Washington on Saturday the 14th. He pledged to pitch his vision of a world without nuclear weapons at the Group of Seven Summit to be held in Hiroshima in May, amid fears that Russia might use an atomic device against Ukraine in the ongoing war. Kishida's remarks came after he held talks with his French, Italian, British, Canadian, and U.S. counterparts earlier this week during a week-long trip to five of the G7 countries in Europe and North America. He added that the G7 will confirm its commitment to upholding the international order based on the rule of law at the upcoming summit in Hiroshima. The day before, Prime Minister Kishida met with U.S. President Joe Biden in Washington. The two leaders agreed that Japan and the United States will deepen security ties and join hands to secure semiconductor supply chains to counter China's economic clout in the region. They also agreed to develop Japan's defensive capabilities, reaffirming the importance of peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. In December, Japan decided to almost double its defense spending over the next five years and to acquire enemy base strike capabilities to deter attacks on its territory in the face of growing military threats from its neighbors such as China. Speaking of neighbors, Senior Japanese and South Korean diplomats discussed on Monday the 16th a recent suggestion by Seoul to resolve a long-standing wartime labor issue. Seoul Min-jong, Director General of the South Korean Foreign Ministry's Asian and Pacific Affairs Bureau, explained the plan to her Japanese counterpart, Takahiro Funakoshi, at their meeting in Tokyo. They discussed the idea of considering a proposal for a South Korean foundation to compensate lawsuit plaintiffs instead of two Japanese corporate defendants over alleged forced labor during Japan's colonial rule. Japan maintains that all issues related to its 1910 to 1945 colonial rule of the Korean peninsula, including the issue of compensation for requisitioned Korean workers, were settled completely under a bilateral agreement signed in 1965. But it remains uncertain whether the idea would be well received by the public in South Korea. Supporters of the plaintiffs want Japan to pay compensation and apologize again. Yoon Suk-yo's administration is expected to make a final decision on the suggested solution by taking into account reactions from the public and the Japanese government. The Bank of Japan, or BOJ, is keeping financial markets tense over its potential next moves following a two-day policy-setting meeting from Tuesday the 17th. Last month, the BOJ raised the cap on long-term interest rates to about 0.5%, and now is facing growing pressure to tweak its monetary policy again, after the move led to a spike in 10-year Japanese government bond yields. Japan's central bank broke its record for the most Japanese government bonds purchased in a month in January, as it tries to suppress a rise in interest rates. The BOJ has purchased government bonds worth about 16 trillion yen, or roughly $120 billion, so far this month. Until December, the BOJ was an outlier among major central banks such as the Fed and the European Central Bank that have raised interest rates to rein in surging inflation. The yen has rebounded after hitting a 32-year low against the U.S. dollar after the move. On Friday the 13th, 
prosecutors charged Indaiti Yamagami Tetsuya for the shooting and murder of former Prime Minister Abe Shinzo after his psychiatric evaluation was completed on Tuesday the 10th. As we mentioned on previous shows, he was arrested after shooting Abe while giving an election campaign speech in Nara Prefecture in July last year. Yamagami said he did it because he believed Abe had close ties to the religious group formerly known as the Unification Church. He claimed that his mother donated a large amount of money to the group, causing financial ruin for his family. More than 1 million yen, or around $8,000 of donations, have been sent to Yamagami from all over Japan for him to use after he returns to society. The suspect's uncle said that he asked the UC's lawyers to return the donations made by Yamagami's mother. However, she feels sorry for the group and does not want the money back. Moving on to some updates about COVID-19. The Japanese government is considering no longer asking the public to wear masks indoors unless they have symptoms, possibly changing the public's daily anti-coronavirus practice drastically. The policy change has been floated as the government discusses downgrading COVID-19's legal status to the same level as seasonal influenza. And as Sunday the 15th marks three years since Japan detected its first coronavirus infection. In its anti-coronavirus measures revised last May, the government said that in principle, masks don't need to be worn outdoors as long as people are not conversing. But it said people were still advised to wear masks when indoors, except in cases where social distance of two meters or more is secured and where there is virtually no conversation. Yukihiro Takahashi, the drummer of the legendary Japanese electric music band Yellow Magic Orchestra, died on Wednesday the 11th. Takahashi was known as the composer of Raiden, one of the most popular tracks of YMO, the trailblazing band he formed in 1978, with Ryuchi Sakamoto, world-renowned musician and composer, and Haruomi Hosono. The trio's performances, including tracks such as Technopolis, were well-received in the United States and Europe. As the government strives to achieve its goals of wasting no plastics by 2035 through reuse, recycling, and other methods, Japanese companies are turning to digital visualization of recycling information to encourage people to reduce plastic waste. A Japanese textile manufacturer has worked with other organizations to create a mechanism to collect unusable fishing nets from ports to be recycled into serving trays and other items. When the QR code on the recycled trays is scanned by smartphones, they show which ports the recycled nets came from and the proportion of materials that make up the products. Another Japanese chemical firm has partnered with other companies to invent a system that people can use to track the process of recycling after they dispose of plastic bottles in designated collection bins. Users can follow the process via the smartphone app until the bottles are reproduced. The companies are aiming to put the app into practical use within a few years. On that note about the environment, following the nuclear disaster triggered by a massive earthquake and tsunami that struck northeastern Japan in 2011, a vast amount of water is still needed to continually cool the melted fuel and fuel debris at the Fukushima Daiichi power plant. The water pumped in for this purpose has mixed with groundwater and rainwater, accumulating in storage tanks at the complex after being treated with an advanced liquid processing system that removes most radionuclides. The Japanese government said on Friday the 13th that a planned discharge of treated water containing low-level concentrations of tritium from the nuclear power plant in Fukushima Prefecture into the sea will start around this spring or summer. And finally, 
The United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization grants recognition to rural areas that engage in traditional yet innovative farming that protects natural landscapes and ecosystems. The program called Globally Important Agricultural Heritage Systems in Japan has selected its 13th and the latest candidate for it. The region in Wakayama Prefecture has been producing a type of citrus called Unshu Mikan since the early 17th century, where farmers piled up stones on mountain slopes to create steps that host large citrus groves. And that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. You can support us by subscribing to our show. This way, you'll never miss an episode. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at podcast at Rorschach.com. Mata ne! Mata ne!